Good morning, coaches. This is your wake-up call. Today is Monday, January 16th, and here is your host, President of Global Sales, Jeff Hill. Wow, Darren, I don't even know where to go with this call without Sandy on it. Usually I take just a moment to poke a little bit at her, and she's not with us, so I'm going to have to find that opportunity. But um, nice job for filling in, and we do wish Sandy uh, a speedy recovery and that she'll get that melodic voice back. But coaches, it is January 16th. It is Monday. It is time to wake up if you're not awake. And uh, it's Martin Luther King Day. So we also, uh, we know that many people have the day off and are enjoying time with families and, and recreating and doing whatever they do. But we hope you're finding time to listen to this call because Bonnie Engel is on this call and this woman delivers pointed, powerful, poignant messages. Do you like the three Ps there? And uh, you're going to get something from this call that you're going to be able to put into action now to make you better. So I'm absolutely uh, thrilled she's on the call, and it's going to be a great one. Um, as we jump in, though, there are several things that you need to know that are upcoming, and I'm going to share those quickly. We've had Sandy doing those, but because she can't talk very well right now, I'm going to be doing these calls. She'll be mad at me all about that. But here's what you need to know. Um, registration for Team Cup is open. We are ready to rock and roll. And Team Cup uh, it starts in February, on February 1st. But it is key to your business. Um, some people um, will say, man, what's Team Cup? Well, you know what? It, it's not just teams of five getting together to have fun, you know, to get your name on the cup. It is a business-building opportunity. It is an opportunity to create synergy and power and energy and results in your business. And every time we do one of these and we talk about it, um, inevitably, we see people that achieve more than they thought they ever could before. We see more rank advancement. We see more volume. But it only happens in your business if you're participating. So this is not a time to be a spectator. This is not a time to be sitting on the bleachers. It is a time to get your team of five together and get ready to move in the month of February. And what can help you drive? This is the second thing. What you can, can help you create great results in February, and you should be doing this throughout the end of the month as well, is taking advantage of the BOD All Access Challenge Pack. If you haven't heard about it, I don't know where you've been, but if this is the first you've heard about it, um, pay attention. It is our all-access, on-demand, uh, and Shakeology Challenge Pack priced at $199 in the U.S., $231 in Canada. Uh, it's available through the end of February, but this is an opportunity for every coach, every customer uh, to be able to access Every program, like Carl has a tagline on his homepage that says, every home, every program, every body. This is something for everybody. This is a piece where, you know what, you have people in your home, they can try out different programs. They can work out to different programs. It's all at your fingertips. This is the greatest value. You have access to premium programs. This literally 
the greatest programming in the world is accessible to you, and that's what you get to offer to your to your customers. Uh, in addition to that, you get yeah, a 30-day supply of Shakeology and the portion fix system. Uh, again, tremendous value. So if you're not leveraging this, you need to take a moment. You need to get yourself educated. Go to FAQ. 3012, 3012, and learn all there is to know about it. And what's more is that this month you can also earn three Success Club points and and a $70 commission on this pack. So uh, this is a tremendous way uh, to, to be building your business and providing great value to your customers. Now, two other quick things. Summit, you're going, Summit, Jeff, that's on July 13th. If you're not signed up for Summit, if you haven't committed, if you haven't blocked out those days to be in New Orleans with us, um, and you're serious, if you're semi-serious about building a successful business, um, this is one of those investments, and I'm going to call it exactly what it is. It is an investment into your business, into your future, where you can come and sit and mine some of the greatest Team Beachbody minds in sharing their best practices in one place. Yes, there's the super workout. Yes, there's the party. Yes, we have our general sessions and keynote speakers, one including Brendan Bouchard, who's going to be, uh, who is absolutely incredible. But this is an investment uh, to your to your business and to your future. And so um, this is not one of those pieces where you go, okay, check, you know, I'll think about it, get to it. This is one to make a decision on. And lastly, um, we talked a bit about this on our Super Saturday video, but or at least at the end, is the power of Shakeology. And we continue to have some great podcasts that are out there with Darren Olean and this month with Jen Yang on why this is some of the greatest value in nutrition out there. And as you build your business, your responsibility, one of the tools you need to have in your toolbox is a knowledge and understanding of what Shakeology is. Yes, you have your story, but it's great to be able to share with others. And Darren O'Lean, there's none better than to hear from him. And some say, Sandy on the phone right now would say, and he's not hard to look at. I go, I've never noticed. I just listen to the intellectual uh, the intellectual wealth of knowledge that he provides to us. So apparently some people think he's good looking. So with that, we're done. You know what you need to know. Let's get on with our recognition for this past week. To do that, I'm going to toss it back over to you, Darren. Okay, Jeff, since I've already said good morning, coaches, I won't say it again. All right, let's jump in with our newest advancements, starting with our new Star Diamonds. Congratulations to Leah Fontaine and Nilda Petrov. New two Star Diamonds this week, Christina Agnew, and from Canada, a steel bridle. And coaches, we have a new six-star diamond coach. That would be Ashley Salvatore. And we also have a new eight-star diamond coach this week. Congratulations to Amber Bailey. All right, that's it for advancements this week. Now on to our top success club earners for the week. Congratulations to Ashley Molstad, Vanessa Boulay, Tulin Emery, Amy Silverman, and Cindy Tremblay. All right, coaches, there you have another week of, de of advancements. Congratulations, and as always, remember to make it a fantastic week. Back to you, Jeff. Darren, thank you. Nice job, and congratulations to everybody. 
Okay, coaches, um, the moment you've really been waiting for, the reason you're getting onto this phone call is to listen to superstar diamond coach Bonnie Yingle. She joined the business um, several years ago. I think it was on January 21st. 2014, so I guess that makes it three years ago. Um, in another week, uh, she'll be celebrating her anniversary. Uh, but she's done some amazing things in that time span. She's a 2000, 2015, 2017 top 10 elite coach. Now you're going, what happened to 16? We actually just changed some of our nomenclature to celebrate um, really when we're celebrating the coach. So it would have been 2016, but for two consecutive years, she's been an elite 10 coach, number two this year, which is, um, think about it, out of over 400,000 coaches, the second uh, most successful business, if you will, in so many ways in the network. 303 personally sponsored coaches in 2016, 30 personally sponsored lifetime diamonds. That means she's taking people and she's developing them into diamonds, which is a critical aspect to this business. And in 2016, um, more than just sponsoring 30, 30 personally sponsored Lifetime Diamonds. It's, that's Lifetime. She rank advanced, helped 18 of her diamonds rank advance. 36 consecutive months in Success Club. She's a Success Club all-star legend. Um, we're thrilled to have Bonnie on the call t- today, uh, all the way from Palm Harbor, Florida. Bonnie, are you there? I am here, Jeff. Wow, thanks for that introduction. Well, thank you. And, and again, you, you know, three years, I mean, next week. Um, I don't know if you've I thought about that. I cannot believe it. But uh, you've, 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 done some great, you've done some great things and, you know, in your business. And, and in many respects, it's because you have treated it like a, a business. And I know we're going to jump into some of those pieces. But let me just first congratulate you uh, this year on – an Elite Ten uh, qualification achievement, number two in the entire network. Uh, you're going to be traveling to the Amalfi Coast, where Michael Neiman will be serving you cappuccinos and every women's <laughs> fancy for you and Andrew. So that ought to be a, a delight. <laughs> Gosh, when you know when you guys first asked me to speak on this call a couple weeks ago, I was looking at the calendar and I was looking at the fact that. It would be just one week away from that three-year anniversary. And I started to sit there and think, my gosh, you know, first I started to think, what kind of value do I have to add to the network? And then I started to think about kind of the topic I wanted to talk about with everyone today. But I was thinking about what originally made me want to be a coach. And I think, you know, from the outside looking in, Originally, I was looking at my coach on social media and on different aspects of the interwebs and looking at her and really being motivated by the actions that she was doing through the company. It sort of answered all of the questions that I had in my life, gave me solutions for all of the problems that I was looking for. And I remember thinking to myself, my gosh, that would be cool if this was an actual job, if I could actually do a job, get paid for it, and motivate other people to take action. And that's really, honestly, the thing that motivated me to jump and sign up. But over time, you know, that kind of crystal clear vision of motivating others, and that's the reason why we do this, because that's honestly, in my opinion, the definition of a Beachbody coach, 
that can get sort of clouded by ranks and numbers and success club and how do I operate my back office and kind of the what instead of the why. So today, I really wanted to talk about when I reached that point in my business and kind of felt like I was pulling or pushing everybody on my team or everybody in my challenge group to kind of take that action in their own lives, but sort of get back to when I first started coaching and I didn't have all those fancy things that you announced before my name, what was the joy and how was I motivating other people to take action? And I actually want to do something kind of different today that I don't normally do and tell a personal story. Because I got to that point in my business where I was like, man, I just feel like I'm pulling people to, you know, take action to start a health and fitness program or take action in their business or whatever it might be. I started to feel kind of, kind of, um, about my goals or about my team. And I was talking in a conversation with my mom, and she reminded me of what happened to me when I was younger. So I was about 12 or 13 years old, and this story does involve (laughs) some stuff that's not traditional to coaching. It involves Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, where I'm from, my butt, (laughs) and a a four-and-a-half-inch-long splinter. It's a choose-your-own-adventure. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, I was about 13 years old, and my mom and I had ventured to a baseball game, and there was an adjoining playground right next to the field. And her and I decided to go over there playing around on some swings and stuff, and we hopped on a seesaw. I was on one end, and she jumped on the other end and sent me flying up to the top. And as soon as I went up to the top, my arms were super straight, and I slid full force into the handlebars. At that moment, a four-and-a-half-inch-long splinter got lodged in my right butt cheek. <laughs> and a lot of people, when I told this story at Super Saturday on Philadelphia, some chuckles filled the room. But this splinter really changed the course of my entire life. Days passed, months passed, and I didn't say a single word to anybody. I was embarrassed. I didn't want to talk about it. I kept sitting and sleeping and and running and going to school on the splinter. And eventually the splinter traveled into my hip bone, causing a full body and blood infection, which caused my body to slowly but surely shut down, organ by organ, system by system. And as a result, we kept ending up in the emergency room covered in hives, throwing up uncontrollably, and the doctors just could not figure it out. So time passed, visits passed, and it had reached pretty much the six-month mark after the splinter, and I was admitted to Children's Hospital. They just were giving me constant antibiotics, couldn't figure out the solution. And by this point, I was so depressed. I had been such a lively kid, so hungry for life, and now I was watching all of my friends go to school, watching them get out for the summer, and I couldn't take part in it. It had been about four months since I had been at Children's Hospital, and I remember this day so clearly. The doctor came into the room, took my mom right outside the door, and he explained to her, you know, you have to be okay with saying goodbye to Bonnie. We're going to move her to the part of the hospital that sort of mimics end-of-life care. We just cannot figure it out. And I remember overhearing this conversation 
not really being upset, but kind of just resigning myself to the fact that, okay, you know, this is where my life ends. So as you can imagine, at my lowest point, I was really depressed, just did not want to be there, kind of wanted the process to speed up more. So my mindset was extremely negative. And then I got moved to this different room in the hospital where I met a girl named Sarah. And Sarah was in pretty much the same kind of situation that I was, had a different illness, but the same outcome. Only Sarah was so positive and happy, and that annoyed the crap out of me, especially being in the negative mindset that I was in. When you're in this kind of situation in a hospital as a kid, they kind of send a therapist in to have conversations with you and talk to you about the process that's happening and encourage you to do things that make you happier. And one of those things that they concentrated on was going to the playroom, and I just refused to go to the playroom. I would I would kick and scream. I would tell them, no, I just wanted to stay in my room. But Sarah went to the playroom every single day. And the second day I was in that room, she came skipping over to my bed, and she said, Bonnie, do you want to go to the playroom with me today? And I turned my head. And then day after day after day, for an entire month, even if I was rude to her, if I cried, if I said I wanted to leave the room, She came over to my bed every single day, and she asked me if I wanted to go to that playroom without fail. It didn't matter if it affected her. I watched her go through terrible treatments and still go to the playroom, and then I watched her come back with a smile on her face. I watched the change, and then a funny thing started happening to me. I started to change my attitude. I went from annoyed that she was so happy to interested as to what she was possibly doing in this playroom that made her situation better and that made her happier. And then there was a day where she didn't come back right away. And I was, I was scared. I, w- I wanted to know where she was. I felt left out. I wanted to know what games they played in the playroom, who she met there, if there was anyone new there. And slowly but surely, my attitude started to completely change. I started to ask my mom why I was sick. I started to want to find a solution. And then on day 29 in that room, I went to the playroom with Sarah. And I started to research with my mom together what was wrong with me. My mom and I found out that it was actually not because of the splinter or the infection, but it was because of the antibiotics why I was dying and so rapidly and something that the doctors weren't able to see. A miracle happened and I got better. While we were in the room, I made a pact with Sarah. I don't know if anybody remembers, it's called the game of life. It used to be really big when I was a kid. You sort of have this whole family and it's it's a board game type thing. And in the playroom, it was always checked out so Sarah and I could never play it. And on the day I left the hospital, I told Sarah, I'm going to come back next week, and we're going to play the game of life together. I'm going to go buy it, and we're going to play in this room together. And my mom and I had gone back to the hospital the week after when I was able to leave the house, and they told me that Sarah had passed away. And for a long time in my life, I wondered, why? Why did I make it out of that hospital room after all of that, after being so negative and so passive towards her? Why did I live and she didn't? And then about
about a year into coaching when I was struggling with this constant pool of how do I motivate people? How do I, how do I get them to take action in their life? And I was having this conversation with my mom and it dawned on me and I had a light bulb moment. The person who changed my entire life, Sarah, she didn't know the answers. She didn't have a training for me. She didn't draw a map to the playroom. She didn't sit there and tell me what the cortisol levels of my blood are, what the happy chemicals are that came into my better when I went to the playroom. She simply showed me through her actions why I should go there. And she never, ever stopped asking me, even when I ignored her and even when I was rude. So I started thinking about this story and how how does that story even apply to coaching? How does that how does how does a story about me at a four and a half inch long splinter in my butt cheek apply? And I think that when we get into coaching and we think, wow, I'm a motivator now. I should know all the answers now. And I have to hit this rank on this day. You know, traditionally, we think having all the answers matters or having every single thing in the back office just checked off of our list or being the fittest person in the company, right? Being um, a, a, a trainer and knowing all those answers, having a big rank or success or income. But when I think about what actually motivated me in my life in terms of Sarah and in terms of my coach who brought me into this business, it wasn't that they were telling me what to do. It was that they were putting their actions where their mouth is. They were doing the actions that they wanted me to do because they knew it would help me. So what actually helps people is being honest in the business. If you don't know the answer, saying, I don't know the answers, but I do know that working out every day and drinking the shake makes me feel really, really good, and showcasing that every single day on your social media, never, ever missing a day, and then showing your team as you start to grow a team and bring people in that want to change their lives in those ways. Hey, these are not just the activities that I'm asking you to do, like hitting success club or bringing people into the opportunity, but I'm also doing them too. This crazy, cool, scary thing starts happening with your challengers and your coaches where they're doing exactly what you're doing. If you fall off, if Sarah didn't go to the playroom, then I would have come up with something in my head where, hey, maybe it isn't that important, that maybe I don't need to do that. So if you want actions created by people you're talking with about challenge groups or your team, you have to do them yourself. And I started to think about, okay, how can I translate this into my social media? How can I, instead of marketing with what, so instead of talking to people who are following me with what we offer, you know, yes, we offer challenge packs. Yes, we have the best programs known to anyone in the fitness world, but that's not what motivates people to move forward. Sarah didn't tell me on every single day about what specifically she did. She told me about the feelings that she got from that. And I think we see that a lot. You know, it's hard to set ourselves apart from almost a half a million coaches. I don't know what the specific number is now, but it's hard to work with the same what, but set yourself apart with why and actually motivate the people to take action. And I heard this talk recently by Simon Sinek, and he talks about, you know, marketing from the why to the what. And I thought this was so poignant to what we do as coaches and how we how we engage people to talk to us. And he talks about the companies Microsoft versus Apple. You know, the same companies, just like coaches, work with the same technology, 
but only Apple creates this kind of, I will wait in line for two weeks to get this new phone. Microsoft makes all of the same technology, yet it doesn't create the same culture. And I don't know about anyone listening, but when I started this, I didn't want to just create another Team Beachbody business. I wanted to create a culture of people helping other people start by their actions. So this company, he talks about Apple, they market from the why to the what. And a company like Microsoft markets from the what to the why. So their message or commercial or social media post might sound something like, we've just come up with this innovative technology that helps you store all of your pictures on a bigger bite so that you can have all of your family memories with you. But a company like Apple, their message looks something like, we believe in family. We believe in having these things around you and never losing them. That's why we created this new innovative machine. So you see the message is different. And I think it's important to remember as we're out there on social media all the time, comparing ourselves to other people's businesses and the social media world is noisy, right? So we have to remind people that we as a team, as Beachbody, as a coach, we are from the why to the what. And something that I did at this point in my business that really helped me get back to that, you know, instead of just posting motivational workout selfies or the fact that I drank my shake today, why? Why am I drinking that shake? So I did this little exercise with myself where I made a mission statement, a personal one, not Beachbody's mission statement, but mine. And this is just kind of an example of something that I have created. I shared with my team. I shared with my social media. You know, my personal mission statement is to help other people reach their goals through my own actions in either health, fitness, or business. To help other people reach their goals through my actions in either health, fitness, or business. And I have that where I can see it every single day. And what that does is every time I post on social media or every time I go into my team page with the, with the idea to motivate people to do those fundamental activities, I come back to the fact that it's not what I tell them or what I preach. It's what I do. I do the activities that I want done. So some ideas, some concrete ideas that I kind of put into, into practice when I figured this out in terms of challengers was I committed fully to an entire program. You know, it's so easy for us as coaches to kind of get distracted by all of the things that we offer on BOD or all of the programs that we have. It's easy to do 22-minute hardcore one day and insanity the next day. But we need to create a sense of continuity for people who have not committed 150% to a specific program and made it known on your social media. How can you expect your challengers to do the same thing? And I thought about Sarah, and every time she went to the playroom, did she go to all these different places in the hospital that would have been difficult for me to go to? Maybe I couldn't have gotten my wheelchair down the stairs that went there. No, she went to the same place that had the accessibility for me, and she went every single day. And then additionally, when you do get people to commit, are you participating in your own challenge group? This kind of blew my mind when I started to think about it because it's very easy to 
start to think of yourself as, well, I'm the motivator, so I don't have to do the assignments anymore because I'm the one creating the assignments. As soon as I started commenting on my own assignment posts and showing people that I don't know everything, I'm showing up because it helps me, and that's the why behind I do it. Then all of a sudden, everybody else started commenting too. And it was crazy how this kind of steamroll of I do the activities that I want done, right? And my mission statement kind of brings me back to that every time. Because my mission statement isn't I want to be diamond in 60 days and hit success club 25. Those are things that don't really have an emotional why behind it, right? That's a what. Your mission statement should bring you back every single time, even when you don't want to do it, even when you feel like I just cannot motivate my challengers anymore. That's when you go back to your mission statement. When I stopped doing the activities that my challengers did, so did they. And then how does that trickle into the team? Because just like you can offer a program to somebody, but we can't go to their house and make sure they're doing it every single day, the same goes for people that you bring into the business who are so excited about it and you want so much for them. That's the part that I love so much about this business that I can see their potential and I can see it unfolding, but there's a missing piece because people can only change the amount that they want to. So the only thing you can control is what you're doing. But a couple things that I started to put into practice is I started my own team page separate from my coach's team page so that they could start seeing that I was the leader. And not only was I the leader, but I was figuring things out just the same way they were. You know, I think we can get crippled by the fact that we don't know all the answers, but it's not about that. It's simply offering the example, right? And then don't drag or push. You know, I think there's something so freeing about this is that we can only offer it, right? We can't do the work for people. And when I started to think about that story and coaches and all of the different layers that this beautiful business has to offer us, you know, how can I gut check myself and make sure that I'm not only offering this opportunity to people, but I'm being the example. Whether I'm a new coach, a coach who's been a coach for a couple months, or a coach who's been a coach for seven years, in my opinion, the most important part is staying in what I call phase one. And that's the phase that's being the example, right? Doing the fundamentals. We have a company and uplines and systems and YouTube videos that tell us all of the answers that we need. All we need to do is learn the fundamentals and keep doing them. If you're not doing the fundamentals, think about what that's translating to your team. So I created kind of this little gut check for myself, which is sort of a list of, okay, how do I tell if I'm being the example or if I'm staying in what I call phase one, which is drinking your shake, doing your workout, inviting people every single day without fail, and then being proof that those things are giving you your happiness or your why or whatever your mission statement is. So I have a couple numbers for everybody to kind of be objective and evaluate, are you being in so-called phase one? Have you focused 70% of your time that's on your business on inviting people, on staying in that number one phase? Or are you focused on, my gosh, I got to be a leader and I got to figure out all these things and make these pages and come up with amazing quotes? That's not what motivates people. It's your actions. And then 
have you shared on your social media three to five times about why, not about what? You know, really being objective on your social media and saying, am I talking about why I drink this shake? Am I talking about the feelings that it gives me afterwards so that somebody else reading this who has that same problem can find that solution? Or am I talking about the fact that it has 70 superfoods, right? How am I setting myself apart? And then have I done my vital behaviors today? And I think, you know, this is something we hear about every single week on this call, and it's something that we hear about when we sign up. We hear about, you know, in our team pages, in whatever way we're kind of introduced to Beachbody. And old sayings kind of lose their luster after a while. But there's something to be said that success leaves clues. And every person I hear every single week on this wake-up call talks about the vital behaviors. So there's something there. You have to make sure you do those every single day. And then have I been a consistent example in both private and public of what it takes to become successful. And this I saved for the very last checkpoint because this changed my entire business. Am I talking about publicly all of these grand things that change what I'm doing, but am I actually not doing them in private or in private messages or vice versa? Am I talking in private messages about you have to get into this challenge group, you have to purchase this challenge pack, but then not showcasing in public what that is giving me, right? Because people need to see you do twofold. For me to want to change, I had to see in public that Sarah was going to the playroom, and then I had to see in a private, just between her and I, what that was giving her. I had to see the two in conjunction or else it will never ever work. So I think, you know, I spent a lot of time in this business trying to figure out what what was I missing? How do I motivate people to take action? And then once I figured out that it was it was me, I needed to be the example. I to be a leader simply needed to run faster than the people who are on my team or in my challenge groups so that I could be ahead of them pointing out the potholes. And I think that that is the key to marketing motivation and being a motivator for other people to take action. So, Bonnie, uh, an am- really an amazing job. And we, we talked beforehand about saying, I'm just going to let you go on this one. And I want you to know I was biting my tongue on about 40 <laughs> different places because there were these moments where I wanted to say, oh, nugget, nugget, uh, you know, just this this golden this golden piece but you know as i think about what you said um you talked about you know sometimes the cliches get kind of old the cliches are are old because typically be but they're true and they Mm -hmm. stick and really what you talked about was uh we talked about this just before the call was you know i'd rather see a sermon than hear a sermon it's it's practicing Mm -hmm. what you're you know what you're preaching and then and then it's it's the why and that that Simon Sinek. If people haven't gone to TED Talks and listened to this uh, Simon Sinek talk about when you you talked a little bit about the you know the Apple and the Microsoft and and how great companies and understand that it's not great companies um, because companies are made up of people. It's great people that start with their why and communicate mm-hmm. that you know that that vision. And so um, as you shared that, it just hit me again. It made me want to go back and, and re-watch that because it really is this aspect of 
why are you doing that? That's what communicates and then aligning your behaviors and your actions um, with that. And you gave some, some great, great numbers. And I, I love the, the story of Sarah. What a man, what a, what a, sto- what a story. Um, we, we've got a wrap here, Bonnie, but if, if you were just to kind of say, okay, three years into this, I've gone from splinters and Philadelphia's hospital <laughs> and, um, you know, which, you know, what a, what an awesome story to, to where you are now. How would you, how would you close this call out? Gosh, what I would, what I would say to either a new coach listening to this call for the very first time or a coach who's listened to 300 of these, you know, that there is no secret to helping another person change their life, which is what we're all about. I think that it's realizing that the motivation and the secret lies in what you're doing every day. And if you've gotten away from those activities or if you don't continuously do those activities, then other people will follow suit. So be a Sarah and go no matter what, invite people no matter what, and and follow in her footsteps. Yeah, you know, you, you say that, be a Sarah, and I'll, I'll never forget a, a – phrase from the Christine Dwyer shared many, you know, four or five years ago when she was talking about social media and she referred to people as on social media as being voyeurs, meaning that they will sit back and they will watch you and they will watch you to see if your actions are consistent, if there's consistency in what you say and consistency and alignment in what you do uh, before they'll make a decision, before they make a decision. And that's mm-hmm. the motivation. And, um, you know, what you've just shared, it, and, and the one thing you can control in your life is what you do. Exactly. And, uh, you know, that's that's self-leadership, and that's what real leadership is, and that's what people look to, and that's what people want to be part of. And that's who they want to be associated with, with people that know where they're going, that are consistent, that are aligned with their values and their actions and with what they what they say. And you control, as an individual, all of those pieces. So uh, fantastic message, Bonnie. Thank you so much for your preparation, for your openness, and sharing a very personal story that I think caught the minds and, and, and hearts of everybody. And more importantly, the piece of just saying, man, guys, you got to practice what you preach and, 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 and you know, be the sermon, so to speak. That's where success lies. So thank you so much. Exactly. Thank you so much, Jeff. All righty. Coaches, uh, fantastic call, a great way to start this, this week off. And, and again, I, what I loved about Bonnie's message is that it's all within your control. Uh, she gave you some guidelines by which to measure, to gut check, um, yourself. It, and, and the, the, the great part about this business and the challenging part about this business is that it, it's up to you, okay, and that's the challenging part, but that's also the re- rewarding part. You can do your gut check. You create that moment of truth. You decide what you're going to do, and no one expects a, a fell swoop, one magic moment that's going to be life-changing, but it will come. Success is sequential. It's linear, 
And you can start today by building and doing exactly what she said to create success. Coaches, um, let's make this a great month. We have the all-access challenge pack that is a tool for you to offer, a solution to offer other people as you go out and you inspire them with who you are, with what you do, and the consistency in your message. So with that, uh, let's make this a powerful week personally in your life. And with that, I think I'm throwing it back to Darren. <laughs> you are, Jeff. Thanks. Well, what a great call today, even without Sandy. Coaches, thanks for listening to the Wake Up Call. If you know someone who missed today's call, they can check our replay line, and here's the number, 832-225-5065. Make it a great week, everyone.